dear chief, much has happened since we last spoke. Welcome to Dear Chief Podcast, where your hosts and their guests share the 411 of being married to the people who respond to 911s. Take a peek into fire family life and get unabashed advice on how to prevent forest fires in your marriage. Now, here's your hosts, two seasoned firewives, Audra and Chelsea. Welcome to episode eight of Dear Chiefs podcast. Fire season is in full effect. We've got first responders out there on the front lines, up and down the coast fighting these fires and plenty of spouses and significant others responding to their own fires at home. We wanna take a minute to acknowledge fire season and the heavy weight it tends to put on our shoulders. So before we start, let's just all take a deep breath and let it out slowly. Loosen your jaw, lower your shoulders, ground yourself for just a few seconds. Ah. Okay, with that little breathing exercise, we want to introduce you to today's guest, Dr. Christy DeLeon. We are so happy to have you on our show today, Christy. Christy is a firewife, and she also has two sons that she's probably um, also monitoring their Zoom phone calls all day long. Um, She is a healthy lifestyle coach in Orange County. And today we're going to talk to her about lots of things, healthy impacts, the quality of your marriage and your family dynamics and PTSD and a lot of fun things. So with that, welcome, Christy. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor to be able to share the space with you ladies and to um, hopefully be able to help those who are going to listen to all this because I know this, um, you know, being a firewife, especially right now during the fire season, it's like we are in training for this season with our husbands all year long. And then we also, like how you said, have to put out the fires at home, which with this distant learning just adds a whole, adds a lot of gasoline to the fire for yes, sure. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So tell us about you. Tell us about your background and your hubby and your fun kids. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, let's see. I have um, 18 years experience in the mental health field. Um, My husband and I have been together for 18 years, um, married for 12. And he, so I've been along the crazy ride of him going through the first academy in LA, going through, and I'm sure this might bring back some PTSD for wives who had to go through this of all the jobs they had to have on their resumes to make the resumes look like something that a department wanted to hire. So bless his heart, he was working like four different jobs at one time. Two of them were like volunteer. One of them was on an ambulance, which you know, they get paid like peanuts. Mm -hmm. And then the other one um, was like also like barely any pay. Thankfully, we didn't have kids at that time because I don't know what I would do if we did. (laughs) But there was a lot going on. So um, he originally started in Santa Ana Fire. And for those of you who might know a little bit about the history, they got absorbed by Orange County Fire. 
So we not only as a fire department, but as a family had to kind of like readjust and pivot and getting, you know, different to a whole different fire culture as well, which that, um, especially for new wives who might not be aware of it, I really feel like the department culture, it like seeps into your family one way or another, you know, when they have drama at work, it comes home with them sometimes. Oh my gosh. So much. Right. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I almost feel like it's sometimes, and he'll joke about it too. uh, It's like a sewing circle at times at work. And I don't know about you ladies, but sometimes I feel it's like worse than women, like the stuff that they get into. Okay. This is hilarious because we joke about this constantly about this fraternity lifestyle that they live and how much just gossip and just chaos happens. And it's like, Oh my gosh, you guys are really right it's almost like melrose place and i'm dating myself melrose place on steroids yes (laughs) oh no i kind of feel like analogy i kind of feel like it might be the days of our lives (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) it's so funny oh my goodness it's so true though it is beyond True. And I, I feel better knowing that it's not just my husband's department because he's, you know, they're, they're very small. There's only 39, I think total. So it, it makes me feel better that all departments are the exact same. I, I, I would be safe to say that it, I mean, how could it not be? Because they're living together. They're hearing the drama from each other's families. They Mm -hmm. have drama within their own fire family on shift and between the shifts. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, So yeah, we transferred over. And like you said, I have two boys. They are now, um, they're now 10 and nine, Um, which that right there is a whole nother episode, right? Having kids close together (laughs) while being, you know, fire wife. Oh my gosh. Uh, But something a little unique about our children is that both of them have special needs. Our oldest is high-functioning autistic, and um, at the new is the whole journey in coming to terms and realizing that diagnosis, um, a lot of grief and loss, and something called um, chronic sorrow and ambiguous loss that we continue to have um, because of the diagnosis and the differences that he faces in meeting milestones. And then our other one has ADHD. So we have them like on either end of the spectrum. And so that right there is a heavy load to carry, especially right now with Zoom uh, classes, but even more so when you are alone and having to carry that load a lot of the times, or I know a lot of firewives might identify with this when your husband comes home completely tired or exhausted, you feel like you're always carrying the load, whether he's there or not. And that can really weigh on you and build resentments and all those other things that happen (laughs) when you feel (laughs) alone in the fight. Chelsea and I are shaking our heads. Yes. Like, mm -hmm. (laughs) yes. Yes. Um, I just want to say, can I get an amen? Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Pretty much. Right? Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, yes. And I think that's something that's really important um, 
for firewives to acknowledge without shame or guilt. Because I was just thinking about that. My husband just started a five-day shift on Sunday. He comes home for one day on Friday, and then he's back for a 72-hour shift. And I was thinking to myself, like, okay, when he comes home on Friday, even though he's physically going to be present, he's not really going to be mentally or emotionally present because we always have, like, that day of readjusting wives mm-hmm. I don't know what I mean by that because they try to come in and take over chain of command and you're like what what, what? no like we have our thing going on right here so just ease back in don't try to take over everything <laughs> um and but I know like he won't be present and I had to really I have I started to like prep myself with it because now it's like I don't have like that Friday off that I can pass the baton of you know, the school for him, you know, I need to keep carrying that baton, whether he's here or not. And that's, I guess, part of our duty in this service that we play as being firewives. Yep, absolutely. It's, it's a hard thing to understand, but it's one of those things you get, you get to that place where you, you realize that's, your job in the yeah. marriage and the role that you play is okay this week I'm going to have to keep this baton because he's not mentally ready and I I don't want to pass it to him and have it fall so I'll just hold on to that that's fine <laughs> we'll just make him understand that I'm holding on to it okay I, you don't get the baton this week right back off my baton <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah so tell us what we were talking about earlier a little bit about um, all of these crazy fires. And like you said, with our guys, you know, their shifts are crazy right now. Um, they're not coming home when they're supposed to, like I was just telling you guys. I don't know if my husband was supposed to come home today, but we don't know when um, kind of thing. So tell us how we can help them coming off the line a little bit Um, and what we can do as far as, you know, re-entering them back into the home and what we're looking for and signs of, you know, PTS and um, what they've been seeing while they've been out there. Yeah, those are great questions. And I think um, as, firewives and even as fire families and also for the men too um that um now more than ever more awareness and education on mental health issues is important um that's something i'm really passionate about is decreasing the stigma of it especially within our fire families Um, because I know even though there is a movement to be more open about it and their services, let's be honest, there's still a stigma with it. There is still a don't ask, don't tell. We shove it down deep and hope it doesn't surface. Mm -hmm. Um, the best thing that we can do, right, is educating ourselves on our, on the signs of it. Um, first, I would absolutely agree um, that as wives, we need to educate ourselves first because perhaps our husbands or spouses will not 
take on that, you know, that initiative Mm -hmm. to educate themselves. So some of the things that could happen are just the awareness of they're out there. Like you said, Audra, they are working these crazy shifts, terrible sleep. They could be depending on where they're at and high alert, just their adrenals, their body, everything is on max overload for days on end that physically is already exhausting and for a lot of men a lot of them depending on their chain of command then they have that additional um, stress of their crew and keeping everybody alive and returning them to their families right and that creates a whole nother mental emotional stress but also our spouses you know they are worried about us and you know want to see us and so all of them are having stress and exhaustion on all levels. So saying that or sharing that is to remind ourselves that it's not that they are at, you know, summer camp and having the time of their lives. They are working hard in shitty conditions, you know? And so in knowing like, okay, when he comes back, he is going to be so exhausted. His sleep is all out of whack. Um, You know, their eating habits, their just daily habits are all out of whack. So it's about what can I do to help cushion the transition back? Um, So being aware that, you know, when they come home, they're probably going to be exhaust you know grumpy (laughs) you know they are not like how we were just talking about it's not like they come home and okay honey so this is what they do for homeschooling this is their schedule expecting them just to step back in with you know a smile and ready to take up like no it's like they have been out in this battle zone and they need that time to recoup, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's looking at, for instance, I'll just give my household as a family. So maybe it might spark ideas for those listening. So when my husband has gone out on, on the line, on the fires, um, when he comes home, I understand like he needs at least 24 to 48 hours to kind of get his life back together. So I, I know, and I do go to this extend a little bit of, I know what are his favorite meals that I can cook for him. So at least I'm kind of like babying him if yes. you will, for those yeah. two days as much as I can. It's not that I'm dropping everything and weighing on him hand and foot, but I just make sure, you know, that I have some of his favorite snacks that, cause for him, his love language is definitely food. <laughs> <laughs> as it might be for a lot of men um food and of course like intimacy too and i'll talk about that in a minute but like so having his snacks or his favorite drinks or you know making the meal little things that are showing that i'm appreciating him that i know that what he just was out doing for you know three four weeks at a time was really intense so he doesn't have to worry about that um with the kids i know right now we're kind of in weird circumstances that it's not that we can you know they'll be at school a a banked eight hours of the day without kids right (laughs) not what we're happening right now but at least it's like okay we're gonna do the best we can while we're at home and then I'll take them out you know we'll go have an exploration day at the park or at one of our you know local regional 
park areas or whatnot, you know, so that he has some time to get his sleep back in rhythm. Mm -hmm. That's actually one of the things that is really important for all of us, because when we have disturbed sleep, there's so many negative physical impacts that has not just weight gain, but blood sugar and the mental exhaustion that comes with poor sleep too. So trying to help him in whatever way. And I think we know our spouses enough to know those kind of those little details. Like for instance, for my husband, it's to have the house um, cold. <laughs> he really likes to sleep in the cold, right? Oh, huh. That's interesting. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of women that are like, oh my gosh, he always wants the air conditioning down to like 68 and I'm like freezing to death, you know? Yes, and, that's right? my husband. <laughs> I, we are fighting over the thermostat like lunatics. I'm I like, know. I'm road raging on him. Like, what are you doing? Don't touch the nest. And he's like, but I'm hot. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh my gosh. So um, it's having the house cold and of course quiet or he has, you know, like the TV on as kind of like his white noise type thing. So, okay. So I know that. And so I talked about food and having that, that helps. Um, but also then, yes, like the intimacy portion. Let's be honest. We might not be excited to be with them again. You know, there might be a, and I know as women, we connect emotionally. So mm -hmm. if we have either resentment building on something that maybe happened before they left or while they left that wasn't addressed. The way I see it, because I could very easily go there, ladies, and like hold on to that, like no tomorrow, is okay, if I want him to connect with me emotionally, then I also need to connect with him physically. We speak different languages. Mm -hmm. And if I want what I want, then I also need to give him. Yes. what he wants to yeah. so that we are communicating even though it's on it could feel like on different planes we are communicating and connecting mm -hmm. with each other so i'm not saying you have to go out and get a brazilian wax or something like that <laughs> in preparation for him to come home but we all know the things that our husband loves from us you know and this is our time to reconnect with them to also re-strengthen that foundation of yeah. our marriage because if that foundation is weak or has cracks in it god knows this pandemic has already brought out those cracks in it right yes and it has during the fire season it's going to be spotlighted even more if we can't figure out ways to mend it even if it's in bite-sized pieces when they're home and once they have kind of um, recalibrated themselves, if you will, I'm not saying like right as soon as they walk in through the door. So, hey, honey, let's talk, you know, <laughs> and have, you know, try to do like a mini, you know, conference with them at that point. But, you know, once, at least I would say, at least give them 24 hours to kind of resettle back into. Um, our family life and then back away from, you know, the fires. Now going into like, yes, they've probably been exposed to a lot of things and that fear and everything has worn their, um, you know, their nerves down to like being their over anxious could be like if you notice that they are um, the disturbances in sleep, if they are grouchier than usual, if 
they wake up with like uh, nightmares, um, if they are bringing up things from the past that haven't been talked about for a very long time, you know, those are things like your body and your mind is trying to process and protect itself. And you might notice them to be very different in moments, kind of like in and out. Um, or it'll just might be something that triggers them to kind of lash out that wouldn't have triggered them before. That's part of kind of like their, um, their nervous system has been kind of like on serious overload for the whole time that they've been out. So coming off of it can, isn't always the easiest for us on our end seeing it, but I think those are definitely moments that we're called to give them a bit more grace because they have been exposed to so much. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest and best thing we can do as firewives is knowing that they might, you know, who knows what they saw and not always do um, our spouses want to share that with us. For a lot of them, sharing isn't the way that they process and get through it, you know, sometimes because sharing means they're having to relive it to a certain extent. So mm -hmm. unless your spouse is that type of person, I would, um, I wouldn't necessarily suggest to be prying with them. It might be just like, hey, acknowledging, I know you went through a lot. If you want to talk to me about it, I'm here for you. If you don't want me to talk about it, if you don't want to talk about it with me, that's okay. Let me know how I can help, how I can make things easier for you coming home. And that, just that one question kind of like brings down the tension that is felt when everybody's trying to figure out how to do life together again. Yeah. So um, I think just in asking that and seeing what your spouse says could really open the door to some great conversations. And he might say like, I don't know right now. Okay. Well, if you think about it, think of something, you know, let me know. Yeah. Because yeah, maybe I, you never ask that question to them. Exactly. Yeah. I think just asking the question is yeah. sometimes all they need is just to even acknowledge that, that just the unknown question, right? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So Christy, at what point would you say, what are the major red flags that would go up for you? if your husband was coming off of, let's say a campaign fire and um, was really distant or, you know, what would spark you to think that maybe we needed to seek some help? Yeah, great question. I would say um, definitely if his sleep does not get regulated because without better sleep, he's gonna be on more edge. But also if, um, like we know our husbands, we know that if they are, um, if they're quick to anger more than usual, <laughs> then it's like, okay, what's going on? Or anything that's really out of character for them. So if whether it's really quick to anger, or if all of a sudden they are crying, or if they are really isolating 
you know, those are kind of like the three things that, um, or also it could be if they are um, kind of going the different spectrum. And I hate to, I guess manic would be a great way to say it, like over the edge of like wanting to splurge on things that they've never wanted to go. Let's go to Bora Bora and let's, you know, like you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, like things that are very like out of character on either direction, right? Whether it's extremely positive or extremely negative, then it would be like, you know what? I, and again, the conversation of I'm noticing these things, I'm worried. Yeah. Let's talk about it. I know my husband would, if I were to say, <laughs> I'd say, you know what? You're acting weird. I'm finding you a therapist. I'm going to make an appointment. Be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, productively, like, um, my husband and I were actually just having this conversation this morning productively, how would you engage them to seek help? Um, and what kind of help could they seek if they don't want to do counseling? So, um, like one of the things that my husband said, you know, maybe there's a podcast that they can listen to. Maybe there's a self-help book. Um, where can you point them? Because a lot of our firefighters even are not going to agree to counseling because that makes them weak, right? Yes. So what would you, if, do you have any specific resources that you would suggest? Okay, this is going to sound very interesting, but I'm going to throw it out there because this has been a quick guide for me at times. Of all things, Pinterest. Hmm. Looking at how to, tips on anxiety, tips on managing PTSD. Because, why do I mention Pinterest? One, it's non-threatening. <laughs> Two, it is image that lists, you know, a lot of times it lists. And we know, I feel like, uh, I, I won't make it a blanket statement, but I'll say my husband, he operates great on lists. If it's very black and white, do this, do that, or even signs of it, you know, warning, you know, signs of PTSD, signs of anxiety. It is very easy and concrete for anyone to look at it and see kind of tell. So Pinterest, I feel, is a great first place to go to. Of course, what comes with Pinterest is a grain of salt on like, okay, if this seems kind of off. Maybe I'll check another slide <laughs> instead, <laughs> right? Um, the National Mental Health Association, they always have, um, and what I could do is I could send you um, the links for it as well. That will break down um, also some signs on PTSD or in signs of anxiety or signs of panic attacks because that also happens with our husbands, but they think it's something else, right? Even though they've gone on many calls diagnosing panic attacks, <laughs> when it comes to them, it's different. So um, that's another great resource. Um, and let's see, in lieu of counseling, I would say then kind of going back into uh, healthy lifestyle choices. So whether it's, okay, we need to maybe clean up um, our diet. Like we had our day or two of kind of like feasting, but there is growing research showing that um, 
foods high in calories, high in fats, it actually um, creates more anxiety and depression. So there's huge studies growing between gut health and mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like going back to something more nutritious because their bodies are having to, if you think about like all the toxins that they're exposed to in the fire and where bodies are sponges absorbing all of it. That's something that I'm very passionate about sharing, especially with our fire families, is the need to physically, really physically take care of ourselves, especially them, to start clearing out those toxins. Um, Drinking more water, right? And then Mm -hmm. sleep too. So that if it's that they need to, we need to explore like an over-the-counter sleep aid, you know, because things are not going back to normal um, or also helping them find that time for physical activity. I know for a lot of people, they work through stuff when Mm -hmm. they exercise that that could really help them too. Did I answer your question? (laughs) I know I gave a lot of uh, stuff. I don't know if I fully answered the question. I think that answered broadly the question, yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I could send more specifics as far as um, links to um, to some different um, ideas. I mean, and, and now, you know, they have some great telehealth services where, um, you know, it is not just Zoom, but I remember I did this as a therapist for a minute, um, a website called BetterHelp. And it is through, mainly through text through not, well, it could be text or through emails too, that you're speaking to a therapist. So that could be a great first approach in them, you know, finding, because you could also select filters on the kind of therapist that you're looking for. um, So that if they can kind of like get their feet wet in, you know, reaching out to someone and talking about it and hopefully finding someone that they feel comfortable having more of a conversation with. I think now too is kind of um, less threatening because they can't physically go to a counselor. So it's usually over zoom or over the phone because of COVID. Um, So I'm finding, you know, especially through our friends that they are actually reaching out more now because it's that, um, it's very private and nobody knows like what you're doing during the day, you know? So they can't ask you, where are you going? Well, it's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm in the comfort of my own home. You know, I can receive counseling over the phone or via zoom or, you know, via text. Um, So I think that is a huge help Mm -hmm. for those who feel like it's, you know, demasculating or, whatever. Um, so I, I think it's so important, especially right now to reach out, you know, it's, it's very safe and it's super comfortable and you can literally like, this is my counseling session for the week, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I love my podcast counseling. We really started the podcast so we could get some counseling. Yes. Seriously. <laughs> listening. That's really what I was about. <laughs> It is to unload my brain into yeah. 30 minutes a week. Okay. <laughs> and it's actually, I mean, to be honest with you, since we started, Christy, it's been so even good for my husband because he 
is listening going, oh, I didn't know you felt that way or, oh my gosh, yeah, now I see why you think I am, you know, bipolar when I come home and, you know, and so. We just, had that, we just had that conversation this morning, my husband and I, he's like, I'm almost getting like a debriefing when I'm, yes. when I'm listening to the podcast, I'm getting a debriefing, like, yes. it's crazy. Yeah, so, so Christy is literally giving us a debriefing right now and she's teaching us how to debrief our firefighters, which is huge because that's what they need from us. Right. And they can actually learn how to debrief us too, when we are feeling hostile and manic because it also happens to us. So thank you so much. I do want to mention one last thing, because I know um, in regards to seeking um, help that all departments have that EAP Mm -hmm. program that is very, you know, confidential for for the men or for the people seeking services and that is a great way and i think it's just six or eight sessions so i know for um you know and sometimes in thinking about therapy you think like oh my gosh i'm gonna get sucked in for like years on end or like are they gonna have to make me like rehash everything so i i always empower people that you are also interviewing your therapist ask what how they approach, you know, finding solutions or how do they approach the work? You know, what are they expecting from their clients? How do they help people? Those are important questions to ask, mm-hmm. um, which is why there's therapists that practice from all different kinds of theoretical backgrounds, because it might not be, you know, it's not the stereotypical lay on a couch and tell me your dreams or, you know, your whole life thing. And I don't think for our type of husbands, they, most of them wouldn't like that kind of work. Right. They kind of want to know, like, how their work is. What's the problem? What do I do? How do I fix it? Kind of like that kind of yes, approach. Absolutely. And therapists who practice from that place too. Yep. That is, it, that is exactly it too. They, they are the fix it. They just want to know how, okay, what, what, what is this? How do I make this fixed? Where do I, where can I fit in? Yep. 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 Okay. <laughs> Very in the box. Like don't yes. get out of the box. I know. Yes. <laughs> you got to teach them to get out of the box, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a hard part of our job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know because I'm a I'm a total boxed in person. My husband makes fun of me all the time. I'm very type A, so everything is in the little box. And I think I probably have subconsciously taught him to actually be more in the box because he used to be out of the box. Or I can just blame it on fire, and it's yeah. <laughs> but it's 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 difficult sometimes to get them to think out of the box. It's difficult to get me to think out of the box. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking a deep breath every day, right? Yeah. Okay. So you've given us so much information. And now Chelsea is going to put you on the hot seat. We do this to all of our guests at the end of the show, toward the end of the show. We're just going to, we're going to rapid fire off some questions for you. Super easy. Um, Chelsea, you ready? I am ready, Audra. So First question, what's your favorite meal? Like meal of the day or meal that I cook? Meal that you eat. Anything that you, yeah. Anything that you eat. Favorite favorite thing to eat. Oh, God. Chocolate. 
Yes. Chocolate is a meal now. I love that. 100% a meal. Okay. I think it's a vegetable and a fruit and a meal. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Quoted from our healthy lifestyle coach, everyone, Dr. Christie right here. <laughs> You've been validated today, ladies. <laughs> okay. Next question. What's the last book that you read? Um, Daring Greatly. Okay. What's it about? Um, it is about um, it, personal growth. It's by Brene Brown. Love, Love Brene Brown, you yes. know. Um, and just being will, the willingness to really step into yourself and take the risks so that you're always feeling authentic to yourself. What does integrity mean to you? Um, Do what you say and say what you mean. Love it. 100%. That's exactly what I think too. Yes. (laughs) What is one thing you would tell your younger self? Mm. To not give a fuck so much. I love you. <laughs> She's a keeper. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Christie seals the deal right there. Okay. Last week it was your shit is your shit. And this, this week it's don't give a fuck so don't much. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I keep it real here. Okay. Yeah, that, that's what, well, this is the no BS podcast. So there you go. Um, all right. Moving on. What is your greatness week? Your, what is your greatest weakness? I would say um, caring too much. Yeah. Yep. I do. I am a huge, I'm, I'm highly sensitive and empathic. And so I've had to learn that it's okay to put up that boundary and to, you know, care, but not at the point that it's self-sacrificing because I grew up in a household that it was, you as a mom, as a wife are always on the back burner. And I knew that was just burning me out, making me resentful. And not just only in, you know, family, but with friends, um, you know, and it was like, okay, no, I'm going to give, but I'm not going to completely lose myself in giving to others. Yes. That is fantastic. Okay. So on that note, what is one thing you do for yourself every single day? Lately, it's been uh, working out for sure. And it's been, I, I definitely um, succumbed to the Peloton movement. <laughs> and I got a Peloton and it has been every morning, you know, to get on it. Um, either it's that or it's yoga or, you know, I look up on YouTube, 20 minute this, 15 minute that, if that's all I have. And I do that because I know for me, you know, it definitely fills my cup, gives me a feeling of accomplishments and pride. Like I did this, you know, even though the kids are like asking, you know, asking me questions while I'm working out, I did this today for me. And it just, that's the tone of my day in such a positive way. 
What's the weirdest thing you've cooked for dinner on a shift night? I I made for my kids because I didn't even eat it. I made it pretty much this chili cheese dip and I called it chili. So, okay, this is like the easiest appetizer, but obviously I made it into a dinner for my kids. Stag chili, a can of stag chili and a bar of cream cheese. Ooh, yummy. It actually sounds really good. It is amazing. People will ask, people ask me at every party, oh my God, are you making your bean dip? Wow. <laughs> and I want it from a friend. Those two ingredients, straight up, put it in a bowl, made them some cornbread, sprinkled some cheese and sour cream on top, and called it a night. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you had me at the canned um, chili, but then when you made them cornbread, come on, man. <laughs> I, let me, let me, let me re reiterate. I bought the cornbread. I heated it up. Okay. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. What do you do when you can't sleep at night? Okay. Um, what I do, this is another interesting thing that I've been doing lately, is I have been going on YouTube and well, first I'll do some fun YouTube videos. Lately it's been, um, Amazon must haves <laughs> and I'll put it in my car and sleep on it. <laughs> but sometimes I will purchase. And, um, what else I've been doing is I've been listening to, they have all these great, um, YouTube videos on sleep. Mostly it's been, I've been listening to manifesting things while you sleep. I have tried, they have ones that go for like seven hours wow. that if you're just listening to it, but I tried that once and it woke me up and I was like, no. So I'll do like the 30 to 50 minute ones. And so, and they also have like hypnotherapy videos too so i'll put that on especially you know if i'm alone at night i'll put it on speaker i won't use earbuds in and then it plays and i have never stayed awake for the whole time i'll Ooh. end up falling asleep oh interesting okay add that to the list of tips in the notes mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm like i'm writing that down okay yeah <laughs> Is one thing you do to reconnect with your significant other after a shift? Okay, well, aside from sex, because we do need to mention that, <laughs> um, it would be just, um, well, he loves it when I cook him breakfast, so I'll do that for him, and just sitting next to him on the couch, he loves to just sit next to me. And I think for a, a lot of men, um, sitting side by side is obviously less intimidating than sitting across from each other. And he just wants to like hold space with you. So for him, he loves to have like his arm scratched. So I'll do that for him. That is like heaven for him when I do that for him. That's I awesome. That. That's so that. cute. <laughs> okay. Last one. What is one thing you are grateful for? Oh my gosh. I'm today it's I'm I'm grateful to wake up. 
sounds cliche, but even in these crazy times, I am just so grateful for another day, another opportunity to be here with my kids and to show them that I love them. Yeah, it's definitely, it's small, but it's huge, right? Yeah. It's especially with everything going on, it's definitely just, you know, you have to be grateful for the smallest things and waking up is definitely one of them right now, for sure. Yes, yes. Well, we want to thank you so much for being here with us today, Christy. We are so thankful. You've given us so much information. It's been amazing. And we want to thank our listeners today. You can find Christy on Instagram at Dr. Christy Dell. And do you have a Facebook? Yes, uh, Christy DeLeon. They awesome. can find me. Same picture on both. I'm wearing a blue top with a white background. Great. And Christy has, her Instagram is amazing. I love watching your stories kind of every day because I, I can relate to them and I, I love your message. It makes me feel like, you know, a little grounded every day. So I totally appreciate your Instagram stories. They're the best. <laughs> <laughs> And you guys, if you love our content, feel free to leave us a review and rank us on Spotify and iTunes. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay grounded. Thank you so much, Christy. This is Chelsea and Audra over and out, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tune in weekly for the 25,000-foot view of loving a first responder. Audra and Chelsea, over and out.